everybody. Welcome to the EquipCast, a weekly podcast for the Archdiocese of Omaha. I'm your host, Jim Jansen. Now let's dive into some encouragement and inspiration to equip you to live your faith and to be fruitful in your mission. Let's go. everybody. Welcome to the EquipCast Coach's Corner, where we break down important topics to equip you and your team for mission in your family, in your parish, and in your life. All right, my name is Jim Jansen, and today I want to talk about how to lead when you're not the boss. There are very few of us who get to be the boss all the time. In fact, most of us have some area of our life and work where we're not in charge. We still have a call to serve and to lead even when we're not the boss. There's an art to leading when you're not the boss. It's possible. And I think you're going to find this very helpful if you're a volunteer, uh, maybe a youth ministry coordinator, evangelization coordinator, uh, any other role in a parish or at work where you're just not the one in charge. I want to share some ideas about how to lead when you're not the final decision maker. There's two virtues, some practical tips, as well as what not to do. So let's start there. Do not try to go around the leader. In the non-church world, this will get you fired, but it's I think it's especially important in the church world. The Lord has established leaders, and even when their limitations seem to make life harder, it's important to honor their role. And I'll just kind of go to Jesus on this. Jesus instructs the, the people of his day to honor the authority of the Jewish leaders. Now, stop and think about that. Jesus was God, and these are the same Jewish leaders who had totally missed the boat uh, and were eventually going to crucify him. Yet, he instructs people to like listen to them. They, they sit on the chair of Moses. He's like, don't, don't follow their example. But he's very clear to ask them to follow and honor the authority of their God-given leaders, even though he was, in fact, God incarnate. That could be a mind blower, and we could talk all day about that. But I think it's really important for you to think about this. Don't go around the leaders. This is an, an essential kind of proactive, or this is an essential balance to where we need to be proactive and some of the other stuff I'm going to share. So, okay, version number one, uh, be patient. Change takes time, and what you desire may be achievable, but just not on your initial timeline. Practically, it can be very helpful to understand the difference between your circle of influence and your circle of concern. This is an idea that uh, Stephen Covey from The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, an oldie but a goodie, I mean, really, it's a leadership classic. Um, he introduces this idea, and it goes like this. Um, you're concerned about lots of things, but you may not be able to influence all of them. You see, your influence is almost always smaller than your circle of concern. You may be concerned about world peace, for example, but you can only influence your family and your neighborhood. Um, you may be concerned about your whole company, but you have one little department uh, that you get to be a part of. You may have concern for your whole parish, but your influence is limited to the specific ministry in which you serve. See, this is more than just a framework to help you stay sane, although it's really helpful for that. Um, it's also a key to increasing your influence. 
what Covey uh, shares is that rather than trying to influence beyond your scope, when we just attend to what is within our influence and we let that fruitfulness uh, grow uh, as we attend to it, it, it becomes more and more fruitful. That fruitfulness expands our influence. So work to make your parish ministry or your little department at work or the job that you do, work to make that fruitful and you may just get the chance to influence more broadly. Again, one note on this, like, yes, patience is a virtue, but patience also requires us to be active. As a baptized person, you're a priest, you're a prophet, you're a king. You don't need anybody's permission to share your faith. You have a commission directly from Jesus. Now, you may need permission to use parish facilities, to get budget, uh, to advertise, but you have a call that comes straight from God. Now, be aware of timing. <laughs> the Lord's timing uh, is sometimes different than ours. Uh, all the more reason uh, for the need for patience. Okay, virtue number two. How do you lead when you're not the boss? Well, be persistent. When you have a dream and a desire, don't give up. Like, keep trying, but try with some wisdom. Practically, that could mean developing a proposal. Most bosses, pastors, whoever, appreciate having a concrete written proposal with a few choices to consider. Now, that's not hard, but it does require some courage because all of us, even the most courageous, are just a little bit afraid of rejection. What if they don't like your idea? Well, even if they don't like your idea, you're likely going to learn something about what they do appreciate. So don't wait for them to come to you with your dream. You come to them with your dream. A great question to ask as you go through this is say, okay, so what would have have to be true for this to be a good idea? That can help you figure out if they're worried about budget or timing or too many other things going on. It helps you figure out what might be missing if they don't agree to or like your proposal. Uh, it helps you figure out what, what is missing in their mind. Ask for what you need. This is another really practical way uh, to uh, stay persistent. Share with people, like, I'm at my best when I have X, or I think I need Y to succeed in this overall goal. Now, if you don't know what the overall goal is, ask. Like, what do you expect from me? What does success look like to you? Where do you want me to be giving my attention? Knowing what the boss desires is a huge way to be able to expand your influence and to be able to connect your dreams and desires and what you see with what they desire. Finally, just a real helpful practical thing. Learn about your boss's strengths and weaknesses. Like, love them. You're there for a reason. And loving who you've been placed with as a pastor or a boss can be the first step to being the type of person who helps complement their unique combination of strengths and weaknesses. Sometimes, it's easy for us in, in the context of frustration or some desire or dream that doesn't seem to be coming to fruition. It's easy to fixate on the weaknesses of the leader that you might feel is standing in your way. Not all leaders are visionary. Not all leaders are good delegators or good communicators. Uh, the best leaders aren't alone. They actually have people around them that complement them, that accentuate their strengths, that fill in the gaps of their weaknesses. So whatever the gifts your leader has, your recognition of those and your appreciation of those 
can often help pave the way for the Lord using you to fill whatever gaps might be present. All right, let me pray for us. Lord, grant us the, the, the grace to, to love the leaders in our life, uh, our bosses, whether they be uh, professional or uh, as a part of our parish or our faith. Lord, help us to recognize the opportunities that you've given us um, and grant us the courage to offer ourselves in service to your kingdom and to those that you've called to lead us. Amen. All right, what are your thoughts? Respond back in the chat at equip.archomaha.org. Again, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Respond back in the chat at equip.archomaha.org. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to the EquipCast. We hope this episode has inspired you to live your faith and equip you to be fruitful in your mission. Stay connected with us by going to equip.archomaha.org. God bless, and see you next time.